Welcome back to another episode of Cargumentative, where grown men with a penchant for children's 80s toys talk to you about cars and all things car culture. I'm Thomas Faulkner, and uh, as usual, I'm joined by... I'm Mark. You can find me at Palutski on Instagram or Mark Paluta on Twitter. I'm Mike, and you'll find me on Instagram at MH Salomon. Is that where all we'll find you? Is it the only place? That's the only place. Okay. Nadav? Ah... Uh, Yes, thanks for having us again. Nadav here. Uh, NBR underscore 911. I've said before how that just doesn't roll off the tongue. No, you've got to do something about that. I think you edited that out, actually. We bleeped it out. It, it, does sound sound like it, it sounded like a swear word. <laughs> <laughs> it was so uh, no. coarse. We used to Evening do that everyone. when we first started Pretty this, and we were, we've definitely we're much, we're much we more refined. Yeah. We're, we're professional now. I think yeah. there was more tequila involved then. Yeah. I'm not first days. Anyway, guys, <laughs> a little bit of news. Ah. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but I did because I work on the internet. You're a professional. Um, Ford has filed a patent for a conveyor belt in the boot of cars. So you no longer have to stretch all that way back. Put out your back while you're stretching to get your watermelon uh, or that tin of coffee that rolled out of the packet. There's never been a more boring feature on no, the car. You, you, seri- been, you are seriously joking. No. Ford has filed a patent for a conveyor belt in the boot of a car, which they can obviously use in their cars, so that you no longer have to bend and contort to get stuff. This is a low, is this is a low point on our show. No, Why? That, is, cool. that is the most American yeah. addition to any car in history. Yeah, it is. I can't think of anything more American the, the than next maybe thing you'll tell us. Nuts. Yeah, that thing. Or, <laughs> that should have been in the heydays of 1950s excess, where like you know you had all these hydromatic, hydromatic stuff. Yeah. Like you just push a button and the whole floor of the boot rolls forward so that lost packet Cucumber. of wine gums okay. that Mark Paluta loves to eat, they are nice. jelly babies, Sometimes. comes up towards you without having to put your back out, which would actually be quite good for me because I suffer from a dicky back. I feel like if in your world this is news, we've got it a problem, is. Thomas. How much no, will this cool. thing weigh? I don't know. It's got to have an electric motor and the conveyor which spans the entire width of the boot and depth of the boot. It's ridiculous. It's like the ones they use at um, checkout points, shopping centers. Yeah, like that. It's terrible. Well, maybe they'll make it lightweight. Ford's clever. I mean, they're pretty innovative. Well, we'll see, but I think weight is the enemy. Oh, hold on. Well, now you're onto something. Could you potentially, does Mm. it move only back and forward? Because you could potentially shift the weight around if you use it, um, and it could it could be quite dynamic. I mean, you could change the balance of the car in the corner. So you That's put a true, bag of actually. cement on the conveyor, exactly, and then you move it yeah. forwards under braking and back under acceleration. Or forwards for when you want to do like a burnout if it's a front wheel oh. drive. So then, maybe they onto something. And then if you want to drift it and do bl- like amazing handbrake turns, you set that bag of cement all the way. Do you back. think this is what they had in mind? I'm sure. I think they consulted Ken Block and the Hoonigan team for this. So <laughs> that's only do uh, a trunk conveyor, which is yeah. presumably what they're going to call it. Yeah, is the a trunk euphemism. A trunk, the trunk matic, the trunk conveyor matic, the trunk matic two thousand. So it's a, <laughs> it's a euphemism for a performance device. Correct, correct. <laughs> well, yep. we can live with that. In the world twenty twenty, we've got um, active active weight distribution. 
Revolution from Ford. I think it's really cool. Yeah, I'm very clever. A new, very this clever. Is a we new, just wrapped it up the wrong way. In the truck. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, moving on from, from a funny news story to kind of quite a sad news story I saw. Volkswagen says that its next generation of combustion engines will be its last. Ah, I did read that. Yeah. So, 2026. But you need a bit of context because its current combustion engine has been in production for 20 years. Yeah, it has. So, they do kind of build on their existing platforms. Well, I'll read what it says here. German auto giant Volkswagen will begin rolling out its last generation of combustion engine cars in 2026. What do you think about that? <laughs> I think it's fun. I don't know. It, it fills me with dread. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, I, I've always been fearful of, of the future. Yeah. There's like this weird, this weird road to nowhere we're going on in electric cars. So Nadav, yes. I, I'm just going to say that I feel strongly that that's a nonsense statement. You think so? It's, uh, it's, it, they, they're just, they, they, they're going with the current trend. It's a lot of marketing. What you're telling me is mm. that in, just under six years' time, they're going to be ready with their last production combustion engine. There is so much life left in the combustion engine. There is absolutely no way that that is true. I'm saying now, so I'm calling VW out, that is not true. You think Wait. it's just on the back of Dieselgate? I'm trying to make it's the right good. thing to say. Yeah. Would you say it's cheap politicking? Absolutely. That's exactly what I say. Cheap politicking. <laughs> okay. I'm happy for you to put words in my mouth. Here's something that the East Rand might be keen to hear. Um, as we know, they like Bucky's and they do like Bucky's, like the Ford Ranger. Um, I don't That's know if you guys. It's a good thing we're not uh, putting it out here exactly where you work. Um, yeah, yeah I mean, exactly. Well, look, people come and protest here all the time. So if you would like do. to, they do. Um, you're welcome to come and stand outside. Uh, we will stand on the balcony and smile heartily. But anyway, uh, the Hyundai Santa Cruz. Have you guys seen that? No. Hyundai's, wow. Hyundai's Bucky. Uh, it actually looks very cool. Oh, really? Yeah. Look here. I mean, I'll show you'll, you. You'll, oh. As I knock over my bottle of water. I'll. This is, wow. That's, that's pretty good looking. Oh, actually, it really is. is that, I mean, oh. uh, it'll never look like that when it gets to production. That's well, not the production yeah. No, that's the concept, concept is very nice. But, yeah. oh, well. but I think it's going to look... I think it's going to No, it look looks nice. It does and, look that, nice. and that's a piece of the market that they're missing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And if they can make a good attract... I mean, that looks r like really, really good. And I think, I think uh, Hyundai and Kia... Are both starting to kind of sex up the design a lot more, yeah. make it make it appeal to people. Didn't they younger. hire Walter De Silva, ex RD designer? They did. Uh, that's how they upped their game. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Fantastic designer. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. That's coming out in 2020. Um, I'd like to see that. And guys, anything else you picked up? Yeah, I mean, talking, talking about the East Rand, yeah. um, an amazing event that happened this weekend. Unfortunately, didn't get a chance to go past, but mm. a good friend of ours drove head-to-head -head, um, in the Gymkhana grid. It was with Peter Solberg and Ken Block and uh, yeah. Yeah. and Christopherson and all those two guys. Two of our friends. And, uh, yeah, two Carl of our friends, Finesse actually. Carl and Chet Mayer. And Chet Mayer. And, I mean, both of them qualified for the, the quarterfinals. I think, I mean, they, they're properly privileged. They drove in a, in a competitive race against proper motorsport icons. Um, and, yeah, acquitted themselves really well. Um, looked like a fantastic event. I must admit, I'm quite upset that it didn't go past, yeah, especially myself. considering we had uh, VVIP passes to the after party um, with those uh, with those gens. But um, but yeah, apparently they have a lot of fun on the East Rand. Yeah, it sure sounds like it. I didn't even know it was happening. They had Hoonigan here, which is uh, yeah, uh, uh, um, Ken Block's famous fire breathing. I don't know if you saw that card. Had the turbos mounted, mm. proud of the bonnet. 
and oh, just yeah. spitting out flames. It's a Mustang, based on a Mustang, isn't it? I'm not sure what that thing is, but <laughs> it is. It's it's vicious. It's it's ran when nuts for it. Um, other news. My well, one of my favorite Audis is no longer going to be built. It's, it's going to be axed. One less Audi. Fantastic. One less Audi. But one which I always enjoyed was the Audi S1. Gone. But that had but, the wrong gearbox. No, it was a great little car. It was fun. I, I, it's the one Audi it? which should have been uh, S-Tronic. Yeah, I do remember it. You actually don't need more S1 than that. More than once. I mean, those things are properly chuckable. I love that little car. got a great little bit of build quality. I mean, yeah. it's a polo chassis. Yeah, very or fast. polo platform, should I say. Yeah. Um, but, but talking about Audis, mm-hmm. um, I saw something today that really got my attention. Mm-hmm. That Audi Q7. Q8. Uh, Q8, sorry. Q8. Yeah, Q8. It's a good looking Q8. car. I mean, it's... It is, by all accounts, the uh, Lamborghini Urus, mm, but right. with with a good-looking uh, body. Exterior. So you yeah. mean it is, by uh, all accounts, pointless? I mean, Ooh. the funny thing is, is that it's not an SUV. It seemed like an actually norm- normal ride height, um, but it's got… It um, raises up and down uh, like a 959. That's beautiful. Well, wow, Thomas and, and, looks and, like and, a seagull and, and, right now. Yeah, yeah, you guys can't see it. My vocativeness. Guys, that's enough news vocativeness. Um we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about weird automotive fetishes. Welcome back to the second segment of cognitive guys in this in this uh, part of the show we're going to be talking about sort of weird automotive fetishes now just to put it in context okay i i've got a thing for old old technology like vhs machines so you know i bought myself a vhs machine plugged into into my flat screen tv i found all these old vhs tapes and i can watch movies on old school technology okay so that's just one of them. Another thing is CB radios. Like there's something cool about getting an old CB, constructing an antenna out of some old coat hangers and like kind of tuning into... Who do you the, talk to on your CB radio? Uh, nobody, Truckers. No one really because like I don't... S- mine's not strong to sm- uh, to the, the band that speaks to everyone. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like it's, it's kind of cool to play with this old technology even though it's flawed and it's not really, you know, it's, it, it, it's not as good as what we have today. But I'm applying this whole concept to to cars. Like, for an example, single single clutch, single clutch automated gearboxes. Single clutch automated gearboxes, like the bane of gearboxes. They, they were amazing when they came out, like a VHS with like long play capability. I suppose they were state of the art. Yeah, they were. They, state were, of the art. they were what got you one step closer to being an actual Formula One driver. Yeah, you were like amazing. I mean, I Ferrari shift. even called this the F1 gearbox. Yeah, and I, I, when it came out, I was obsessed with it. I wanted to be Schumacher. Yeah, and then Alfa Romeo made it even more accessible because you could get a silly speed and then you could pretend you were like a poor man's, you could pet, pretend you were like Jean Alesi. Yeah, exactly. Or Ruben Sparacello so to so Michael was Schumacher. That. And, 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 and ironically, was, when did those silly speeds come out? Because I think it was pretty much at the same time that, that Ferrari was losing 2000s, everything. Because, uh, early I, 2000s. Oh, no, no, at that point we were winning everything. Yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah, and then there was the BMW equivalent, the SMG. Well, the SMG, yeah, and then like the Artronic later on, the Artronic and the Artronic <laughs> and the E gear in the Lamborghini. Yeah. So basically, my point is right. Do you get a group of people, or will there be a group of people 
similar to me, how I've gone back in time and, and bought all these weird technological artifacts and enjoy them. Do you think people are going to go out one day and think, you know what? I actually want an Alpha 147 Selly Speed. Absolutely not. Because that it can't no, never no, 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 because I think there's, there, there's, there's good stuff and there's bad stuff. So I, I, I'm, a, I'm similar to you. Yeah. I've got a, an Omega Speedmaster, which is a Moonwatch, has mm. a manual wind on it. I love that. I yeah. love the fact that it's got that. The, the, um, but it's still functional. Our 911s both have servoed brakes. They have uh, unservoed brakes, sorry, they're, and they have mechanical fuel injection. They're just they're amazing pieces of of, of absolutely non those uh, non electric non electronic. They don't get in the things. way of usability. No, I drove. They, no it's because they're all good. Now we got to talk about the rubbish stuff. So then maybe what about the Porsche okay, so Porto? I, so I drove. Okay, so we'll get onto that. But I drove an Audi R8 um, Artronic. The other day, V8 Artronic. Is, is that a man? Is that like an automatic? So it's an automatic. So it's like a single box. single clutch. No, 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 no. So single clutch. So it's got pedals behind the steering wheel. It has a single clutch that's automated. So you pull a pedal. A message goes down to the gearbox that says, "I think I think this guy might want another gear." And a little about ten years runs, later, a little man <laughs> runs the piece of paper yeah. like a baton. Says, we need down. second. <laughs> so, so the clutch disengages, uh, using magic, disengages. The gearbox then automatically finds second gear somewhere in the batch of gears it's got and re-engages the clutch with like a thud. Honestly, bordering on undrivable. <laughs> but, but the only problem and, with and your the, description the M3 CSL had the same, same kind of thing, yeah. and those things are properly unreliable. That would scare mm. the oh, yeah. hell out of Lots of moving the problem. Parts. The problem with Mark's description there is as long as Mark's description was, the actual gear change is longer. <laughs> it <laughs> takes Ever it's awful. Really, I'm, I've no. got to try this. Although I can tell you that okay, I I drove the Artronics, all of them, and they 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 weren't great, and they used to overheat. I used to get these little like uh, matrix yeah. messages saying, "Clutch overheated, pull over immediately," yeah. and <laughs> so and they only really worked when you were driving that thing hard and you yes. were in sport mode, and yes. it was like full and on racing, bang gears in, bang gears in, and I know it's bad, and I know. It, I knew at the time it was bad, but there's part of me now, there's a sense of nostalgia. And it kind of takes me back to that time. Yeah, where I actually find myself sometimes thinking, you know what, I'd like to experience an R8 R-Tronic again. You do, but just to see if it really is cuck. But the thing about it is those things, getting back to the reliability of them. Mm. I mean, I I saw this guy on Friday and he had a, a, a V10 M6. And I just said to him, this gearbox, has it given trouble yet? He goes, not yet, but we know it's on its way. Yeah. I, I, I had a friend of mine when I was at Varsity. His father bought um, one of the first 355 F1s in the in the country. And I remember on its very first drive, it broke down on its way to Plett from Cape Town. I mean, it was just, just yeah. I think with those type of things, it's one thing if they are charming or anything like that, but to have something that's going to kill you so, from a maintenance so, perspective so, is a different so wait, story. So, okay, so that's maybe... An example of bad nostalgia in the automotive world. What about what about good nostalgia, like flip-up headlights? Oh, love uh, yeah, when, uh, love I mean, it. that's really cool. Yeah. And that's something you would say, you know what? I want to get that car purely because it has flip-up lights. And that's what Absolutely. I did when I bought my, my, my first Porsche. actually got a personal loan to buy a terrible decision, one of the many terrible decisions I've made in my life. And I bought this, this Pooh Brown 944 underwhelming, no aircon, left-hand drive. My father hit the roof, stank of old velour upholstery. But the thing that was so cool about that car 
was the flip-up headlights. Yeah. And I was like, I took it on a test drive and I was about to take it back and go, you know what? I'm not going to do it. And then I played with the lights and I was like, you know, this is so, <laughs> it's so like quintessential so 80s. It's why did they go awesome. away? They only went away because of pedestrians, I think. Yeah. No, and also, I mean, I think the aerodynamics are horrendous because uh, all the good stuff you've got on them. Horrendous I, I, when they're up, but yeah, just when they're down, up. Mark. Yeah. yeah, but at night that brings its own challenges. Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I have three cars with, with flip-up headlights and, I mean, the 928 is arguably the coolest of them because they flip mm. forward. They don't flip yeah. up. Yeah. He's got the Diablo. And the 308. Yeah, we know. It's three cars with pop-up headlights. I'd never thought of it that That way before. So pop-up headlights were legislated out, um, unfortunately. In my opinion, pop-up headlights died young. And yes, I am nostalgic for them. They are so cool. They're so good. They they make the front end of a car look sleek. Mm. It looks... Erotic. (laughs) I actually have a little... I've got a little quiz here for you guys. Okay. The guy who wins can get this jelly baby. (laughs) It's the last jelly baby. fell on the floor, What was the last car, the last production car to ever have flip-up headlines? I'm going to say MX-5. No. Or MR2. NSX? No. Mazda RX-7. No. 300ZX? No. Last chance. Last chance. We're doing very badly. I I actually think I do know this, but I'm just trying to think. Um, It was was in the 90s, for sure. Yeah. The last car. Could it not have been a Diablo? No. The last car to feature flip-up headlights was? The Nissan 200SX. The Corvette C5. Really? You get the jelly baby. I get to eat the jelly baby. You get to eat the jelly baby that's been on the floor. Good work. Well, I mean, you've been holding it for a while either. CD shuttles? So, yeah, we were talking, a CD shuttle is so cool as well. It is cool. I mean, when those came out, I remember we'd go on like a weekend drive and my mom was like, you can load the CD shuttle. And you had six. I could go. Sometimes 10. Sometimes 10. Sometimes 12. Sometimes 12. 12. And I could go uh, to my mom's uh, CD uh, collection and I'm put in stuff I wanted to hear. Yeah, it was amazing. It was so cool. And it was like like the sense six. of occasion. Your Aston's got You six. know? It was a sense of, of, of actually like thought went into it. You're like, I want to get those CDs, put them in. Absolutely. Like, and really Coop's cool. got a six-CD uh, six shuttle, Harman Kardon. Very nice. Diablo's got an Alpine built-in. Another cool thing that we, you don't see in cars anymore, but would, would I mean, I'd like to have them in the car, is a graphic equalizer. Like, I drove a, um, a Datsun <laughs> two, 280ZX, yeah. and it had, like, a proper, like, like 10-band graphic equalizer. Explain. I mean, I know what it is, but I'm just suspecting yeah. so, some listeners that don't necessarily okay. know what this thing is. For the sound system. Okay, so, like, you know, in a modern car, you go to your sound settings, and you can get surround, you can get live, you can have concert, you can have studio. So, basically, a computer automatically programs the tonal qualities of the speaker system inside the car. So, back in the day, you didn't have that. So, you had a graphic equalizer. So, mm-hmm. you could individually set how you wanted your car to sound <clears throat> using hertz and megahertz. So cool. hertz being and, and, and no one ever really knew how to use that. No, <laughs> no one knew. I, I do you think? Did. Do you think a gear lock will ever become nostalgic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What Maybe about those again. black louvers on the back window? Oh no, those are terrible. Those Hella, are always Hella, terrible. Hella reflectors? No, no. I've got one. <laughs> Sheepskin seat covers <laughs> on a Merc. No. On yes. a Cortina. Those are, those are cool. On yes, a Cortina. those are seriously cool. On a Merc. Yes. We could do that. Maybe I've got to get those for the 7 Series. So alternative gearboxes, I think those seem to be the, the sort of the orphans of this whole conversation. Yeah. We, we're nostalgic for things that made the cars better or defined the cars in the age. But there was always these sort of alternative gearboxes. In this early 70s, Porsche 911s had a Sporto. Sporto-matic. Sporto-matic. And it's still unpopular. Fabric it's still less popular. 
How did Sportomatic was very Better. clever though. It was. I think yeah. fabric convertibles are the only convertibles. Yeah, fabric convertibles? I agree with you. Fabric but I, convertibles. But they're becoming less and less. No, they're not. No, they're, they're not coming. Them. Back. No, they're becoming better. Series BMW. If anything, hardtop convertibles are becoming more rare. They Maybe rattle. That was a fan. They're heavy and. That's an interesting mm-hmm. point. Okay, stand correct. Yeah. 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 Correct. What so, else is good? So what I, I always think about is, as an example, yeah. where do the the single clutch auto gearboxes go to die? Because no one wants them. They literally are half or a third of the price of their manual equivalents. So if you go looking for a Ferrari 355, a manual is three times the price of an F1. Hmm. And and it's dropping because hmm. really the replacement double clutch gearbox was so much better and a manual is always better. So someone what happens? Out, someone out there needs to figure out, there's a business here, we were discussing it. Someone else it needs to figure out either how to Retrofit to make a business out of retrofitting manual gearboxes to these cars or developing a brand new double clutch that will fit in its place. Yeah. And give these cars a new breath of life. There's nothing else wrong Everyone with Everyone will them. convert. Mm. Mm. And those cars will become sought after. Again. Absolutely. Yeah, the only problem is the cost of them, of these conversions, will probably. But it's worth it well, if, if they're three times the price for the, the yeah. manual. Something's yeah. just occurred to me. So Aston Martin actually put this into practice. We love Aston Martin here, by the way. Yes, and one of, of the do. things that they did do is that the original, the first Vanquish yeah. came out with a single clutch manual. And it was only with a single clutch manual and it was widely derided. You know, nobody it was, liked it was it. rubbish, apparently. It was apparently rubbish. But Aston Martin Works offers you the opportunity to bring your Vanquish back to them and retrofit a manual gearbox. Brilliant. From Aston Martin. Please tell me it's a seven speed. It's a six-speed, unfortunately. That's but, what you uh, want. You want a seven-speed manual. Uh, but that's but if, if the manufacturer, so what if Ferrari offered? <laughs> what if Ferrari offered you to bring a your F your F three five five in and swap its F one box out for a manual? Wouldn't you take them up? Absolutely. On that? Yeah, absolutely. Maybe that's something that absolutely. half a million rand. That and, and absolutely. Please let them do that for the nine six four tips and the nine nine three tips because they really weren't good. What great cars let down by their gearbox. Horrible gearbox. What about I've just thought of another thing like gearbox wise but engine wise like rotary engines. Mm. Rotary engines that's kind of like a flaw. Those will be cool. You know so those will be cool. Owning them as a nostalgic Option. Yeah, but like also, I mean, they have got some bad things about them. Like they, they're fin- they're 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 kind of hard to to work on. Finick- finicky, finickety. That's what I'm trying. Finickety, finickety, but Felicity. brilliant. But but kind of brilliant. Yeah, kind of flawed, but yeah. but 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 really cool mm. in that kind of sense. Agreed. Yeah. Um, another thing, hydromatic suspension. Hydromatic. You know what I mean? Like the hydraulic. Oh, Wasn't it called hydromatic? Or like self-leveling. Well? Self-leveling, like on the Citroen DS. Oh, yes. That's hydroelastic. Hydroelastic. It depends so on many, the manufacturer. Yeah, yeah. You know, hydro, whatever it is. But, but that's also So these were all early technologies that never really worked properly. They yeah. were unreliable. They were kind of around. And, and suspension-wise, <laughs> they're still not very reliable. You're still better off just going for... Leaf springs. Coil yeah. over springs. Yeah. I'm all for leaf springs. Everything we seem to be discussing yeah. here is just expensive to maintain. It is. So if you're ever looking for a car as an asset to keep, make sure it's the lowest spec option. Yeah. Or make yeah. sure it's an old American car. Manual. Leaf springs. Manual. Come on, Tom. Low leaf springs. Manual. Bucky, I don't think manual suits the trailers at leaf springs. Totally. <laughs> Four on the floor. The Beach Boys sing about it all the time. Unless yeah. they're singing about something else. I don't know. Uh-huh. 
<laughs> guys, very, very interesting topic. And um, shoot, I mean, we could go on about plenty this to say, day. lots plenty of fetishes. Yeah, guys, yeah. if you, if any of you uh, listeners out there have got weird automotive fetishes, let us know. Keep it clean because uh, we're all about cleanliness on the show. Uh, you can add me at Thomas Faulkner Triple One or at Palutsky at MH Salomon and at NBR underscore 911, which doesn't come off the tongue that easily. No, it doesn't. You need to work I on that. I not think about that. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and uh, we'll be back after this. back to Cargumentative. In this segment, we're going to be talking about a car which I actually know bugger all. Well, not a car, a car, a car mark, a car brand, which I I don't even know. I don't know. Nadav, it's called Morgan, apparently, and it's made out of wood. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just grateful because we've been needing to talk about kit cars for a while now. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, is Morgan a kit car? Is it, is it, from, is it built in a shed? By Does a man it come in the- boxes with screwdrivers and spanners? And a man? So to our to our listening audience, ha ha ha! Everything. This is also funny because there's all the standard cliches that everybody puts on the table when someone mentions the brand Morgan. Okay, and now the three guys have just exhausted all of them, and now they've got no. Oh, we're not even close. We're not even close. We are so respectful ignorant. of you, so, so we will let you tell us about the mark, and then we'll let. Have you ever so, got so, a splinter while driving your Morgan? <laughs> hold on, wait. You know, in cars you get toolkits, and these toolkits come from the manufacturer, and you and you keep it in the trunk. When you get a toolkit from Morgan, does it come with a tube of wood glue? Just it comes in case with sandpaper, you, you know, Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> a roll of sand. Does it have a lightning conductor like on a thatched house in case because there's a fire risk? How do you like, earth lights? Yes. Do you have candles? Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's even worse. Yeah. The candles, then the thing can oh, burn. Oh, yeah. Shit. So maybe we should put a little bit of context in because nobody is understanding your jokes right now. If nobody's familiar with the Morgan brand, then nobody understands. So, Morgans are traditionally um, crafted in part and not entirely from wood. This is true. Yes, in 2018, there are still people making cars partially out of wood. Ash. Am I right? Uh, it or is teak. ash wood. Ash That's wood. right. How's that, ash eh? Wood. Very clever, Mark. Thank you. And um, Morgan is a company. Um, it's quite interesting. It's been uh, it's 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 been since 1909, uh, going on on their 110th anniversary. They are still independent. They're not owned by anyone, and it's largely family owned, which makes it unique in the motoring industry. Almost, um, they are uh, a UK brand uh, from mm. Melbourne uh, in the UK, and they make what look like. Uh, roadsters. So the style is often in the 30s kind of roadster. They look a little bit anachronistic. They look very old, but yeah. in fact, you can buy them new. They kind of have and that steampunk kind of vibe. <laughs> I suppose steampunk would be yeah. uh, what's become of that kind of look. It's so retro that it's steampunk. Yeah. Um, and so it's quite it's it's it, it <laughs> it's a brand that uh, engenders quite a lot of derision because uh, it, well, it's just old. Why would you want to buy a new old car? 
Um, but it's more than that. And um, it's a lot about uh, craftsmanship. And it's all hand-built in the same factory that everything was built in 110 years ago. And the cars are just so full of life. Um, we lucky enough as a family to own two of them. Um, and the cool thing about Morgan is that unlike a lot of other cars and manufacturers, you're never guaranteed to have a minimum of four cylinders, nor are you guaranteed to have a minimum of four wheels. Uh, so that's always the three-wheeler, I must admit, is something that I yeah. genuinely could own. I could um, definitely own And it has a front-mounted V-twin SNS. motor, on, on, and which apparently only lasts a certain amount of time before it, it, the vibration destroys itself. Isn't it because it's a Harley-Davidson engine or something? Well, it's an SNS. It's based what on a Harley-Davidson engine. Is it like SNN? It's similar, except yeah. with an S. Boom chicka wow. Boom chicka wow. So it comes with as much vibration. As much, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but I want to know why would? Why, why would a manufacturer, even in 1909, why would they, would they choose to use wood? Because I understand that wood is used on the chassis, mainly. It's not. It's not. Quite the opposite. Okay. Okay. So this is so this is it. This is exactly what people uh, is is the misconception. So it's a steel chassis or an aluminium superformed chassis, depending on which series of Morgan you're talking about. So they actually the newest ones are actually quite advanced from a production point of view. Um, the bodies are aluminium on a wooden frame, and so part of the body is aluminium on a wooden frame. So not the not the structural um, but none part of the, of the structural car. part of the car is wood, and the reason that that was done at the time was um, wood was relatively cheap uh, to acquire. Um, it's got many ways that can be that it can be worked by hand uh, to make beautiful curves that you may not have been available to do with steel or aluminium, um, and it's also relatively light. So mm-hmm. ash is quite light; it's weatherproof. Um, and it's a nice light way of Why supporting would it be aluminium. Weather, weatherproof. I mean, well, trees are weatherproof. <coughs> Think about yeah, trees; they, they sit outside and hail. They also do rot. And I well, and I saw a, an episode of Wheeler Dealers, and it was exactly the thing. The the, the, the chassis had rotted. Not the chassis. Well, the body had rotted. Well, I mean, the wooden floors in my house are probably from 1923. Yeah, but you wouldn't want to drive oh, it, them. So your your oh. toolkit has to come with anti termite. Yeah, do you um, have to treat for wood poison? Boring? Uh, I've never thought of that, but uh, I'm sure there's experts that can help you. And what happens if you, knew, if you do need to replace a wooden part of the car? Is it a big hassle? Is it like grafted into the m- a timber city, various yeah. metals? <laughs> Not at all. So the early Morgans are body on chassis. Mm. So the body is relatively easily removable of the chassis and the engine. And it's aluminum uh, metal covering the wooden frame. So each panel can be removed from its wooden frame and something repaired relatively easily as well and cheaply. So one thing I do know about Morgans is they've had a partnership with BMW for power, power plants, and they are running out now because I think they used a 4.4-liter V8. So the engine that Morgan has been using in the aluminium superformed chassis series lately, which is the Aero cars, um, was last used, if I, if I remember correctly, in production form in the first X5 shape by BMW, the 4.8 yeah. IS. Oh, it's a 4.8. So it's a 4.8 uh, V8 from BMW that BMW initially gave them gave Morgan the overstock units and then started producing especially for Morgan. But unfortunately, because of various uh, emissions regulations mm. and increasing cost from the small production run, that's now come to an end. 
which led to the newest uh, Morgan that was released in the last couple of weeks. But these chassis, what is must, they must flex and with a power like that and talk like that. It must be flexing all over the place. Um, and the Aero, the Aero 8 that they made, I mean, that thing was basically, so it's, it's like an The old, squint one. Yeah, the squint one. Um, do they still make that? So there were different versions of the Aero. The styling has come along quite substantially, and they're quite good-looking cars again. Is it, is it wooden? Um, so those are still, uh, they're mostly aluminium superformed chassis, so it's actually exceptionally stiff. Okay. But there is still some wood in the, in the, just in the frame of the, of the body work. So what's the new motor? Well, I think this is what everybody's asking. Hybrid. Um, Hybrid. Do we not know? Nobody, nobody really knows. In the other, in the smaller cars, um, the the Plus Four Series cars, they've been using uh, Ford motors, Duratec, uh, Duratec motors, good motor, to good yeah. effect, um, lovely things. But what they're going to do in future to replace their V8 is actually could be exciting really if they use uh, BMW's new. V8 turbocharged technology. I don't know if that would ever make. Well, maybe a twin turbo straight six from BMW. Oh, it could be. Uh, yeah, a little bit lighter. Mm. Could be nice. A little bit more compact, perhaps easier no, to cool and package. Yeah. it could be something. I don't know. I I still think that that three wheeler is the coolest Morgan. Ever. I, I think it is, and, and it has and to have the, the the livery with the yeah, teeth, with the tiger's mouth. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I can just see a dove driving one of those in like an RAF bomber jacket with you <laughs> know goggles, but you can, goggles but you and can a burberry scarf. Here. You actually can order one here. I think there are yeah, they are ones. Yeah, absolutely. How much are they? Do you know? A million rand. So a three wheeler is about a million rand now, which oh. is a lot of money uh, given the import tax. And um, it's wood. Uh, the three-wheeler doesn't have much wood in it. No, it's but got, it's epically cool. It's got two cylinders. It is epically it is cool. cool. It's got two cylinders and three wheels. Is it fast? Haven't you driven one? I have driven one. And? and oh, it's, really? Uh, yeah. Wait, here was, in South Africa? Here in South Africa. It was just such a such a cool Did thing. you go nut it? it? You know, last week we spoke about um, how it's not really about power. Mm. Um, and three wheels without a lot of grip and I don't know what's it what's it's not a lot of 130 odd yeah. horsepower or something like yeah, that something just like 100 that. kilowatts or so yeah. is more than enough considering you've got three wheels and no roof at all yeah. to feel like you're doing a million miles an hour I would drive that thing all the time yeah, yeah it is really cool it's such it's an really interesting cool. thing to drive so I will say that yeah uh, Morgan's got a special place for me at least and um, lots of memories and one of the I will say that one one, one of one of my Pleasures. One of my, my my own personal pleasures is is seeing uh, the jacarandas reflected in the long bonnets, the aluminium bonnets, driving oh. during jacaranda yeah, season. That's amazing. Just yeah. a wonderful, wonderful thing. Joburg and a Morgan. We, there's only going to be one way to really prove this is we're going to have to do a little swapsy. That's fine. Uh, as we know, we're happy to share all our cars with each other. Yeah. <laughs> Sharing is caring, you know. Exactly. Uh, being being British, of course, uh, ours are both off the road at the moment, yeah. you know, but uh, that's, uh, <laughs> well, aren't that's, all your that's cars not the road. point. Well, our British cars aren't, Mark. Both our Astons are. It's because they've got good Ford electronics in them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Good American backup there. Nadav, thank you for enlightening us. and uh, Thanks for I'm giving sure, me the opportunity. I'm sure many listeners out there are now a little bit more au fait with, with the Morgan brand. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to be talking about boys, well, grown men, and the toys that they would like for Christmas. Welcome 
Welcome back to Cargumentative. And in this segment, we're going to have a little, a little bit of fun here, you know, because it's the holiday season coming up. People are going away. Exciting things happen. It's been very serious up to now. It has been very serious all year long. We're very professional. Um, some of us have been naughty. Most of us have been nice. Which is why we are going to be discussing what we would like to find under the Hanukkah bush. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you get to wake up and go off to the bush and find something exciting underneath it. I think it's actually called a Christmaka bush. Is it? Yeah. A Christmaka bush. Mm. Okay. I don't know. I'm not I'm not very I don't know. The Hanukkah bush or the or the Christmas tree. Or the Christmas tree. Or the Christmas, or Christmas tree. tree. So basically I said to the guys, listen, you can choose one car that mm. you would find under the bush stroke tree. What would that be? You first, Tom. Why is it always me first? Because you are the host. Okay. No, I know why Mark is saying this. It's because he has... He doesn't actually la- know. He's laboring with this. Yeah. I actually don't think he's made up his, uh, a, his mind it's yet. It's not an easy question because to ask car guys what one car they would want is one of the hardest questions you can ask it's, a car guy. Not. I'm really no, struggling with this, guys. I, I, I think it's I disagree not. completely. Oh, I can one. tell you what yours is. Of course you will. But let me do it. Just okay. let me do it. Let me what? Do it. Are you going uh, first? No, no, no. We don't. I'm, 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 I'm happy to have is, you got any Isn't it does an Audi RS6? <laughs> no. Okay, should we, no, should this we, is no holds barred, Mark. Okay, this is like infinity money. Fantasy. Well, yeah, it's pure fantasy. So, Okay, so Tom, go. Okay, so... The car I would most love to see on Christmas morning, listening, would be a DeLorean DMC-12, one of the new ones, oh. the new recreation ones God. with a better engine, with a turbo engine, aircon that works, sat-nav system, and like revised. Sp- are kidding. I'm not kidding. That would be the coolest but, car. I would like squeal But the joy. old one was so much, <laughs> the old one was so much cooler, especially no. the ones with cocaine in it. I want the, re- I want one that I, like has cold air con, a better engine. It's got a little bit of performance. It's just the coolest a thing little ever. Bit, as opposed to the performance that the other one had, which was I, none. Like we know, like we know, and we've all agreed to, you don't need a lot of power to have fun. And this would be the perfect. It's is not this, about, it's just being cool. It's is like this such, ironic, Thomas? No, it's the it's one of the coolest cars ever. It's like a cultural icon. Okay. And but it's, what it's your dream, it, man. Is it going to be identical to the old one? Well, it, yeah, it looks, let's, yeah. Let's so see it. If you go to the DeLorean website. They have a website? Yes. They've, it's the same car. Yes. It's, it's the same car, just Guys, better. It's just, it's for those of no. you that don't know what we're talking about, it's the car from Back to the Future. Yeah. Exactly. And for Without those who don't the know, blender on the top. Those who don't know, because I'm talking about recreations, is that when DeLorean went bankrupt, they put all the spare parts and the chassis and the bits and pieces that they didn't use, and they mothballed them. And then this Texas businessman came along, uh, I think it was about 10 years ago, and he decided to buy the name, buy up all the old stock, and he's now rebuilding the DeLoreans that weren't So built. what are the improvements? Better engine. What engine? Uh, I don't know, but it's got a turbo on it. Oh, okay. So it's it's got must be good then. It's got power, better interior. They've sorted out the stuff. The seats are better, better suspension. Um, so it's the car that it should have always been because it is basically a Lotus Esprit. So it's a good base. But that's um, not the coolest thing that DeLorean is doing though. They're 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 building a car that flies at the moment, and I'm not even joking. You need to look it up. It's it's seriously impressive. Yeah, it's got know. two fans, and it takes off vertically, takes off and lands vertically, and then goes like fast. Like and they seriously are. It's it's sort a, of drone esque. A drone Lorian. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Can you, laughs> okay, Mark. What's yours? Under the Hanukkah bush. <laughs> okay. For, I mean, for me, my, my ultimate car. It's yeah. just simple. It's it, and whether it was expensive or not is irrelevant. But for me, it's the Ferrari F40. 
I mean, it it, it is it is the no arguments, it is yeah. the ultimate. I mean, it yeah. is just it's just too special. Yeah, I. I so you've made my struggle even harder. Well, while you think about it, Mark, well, Mike, give us a few okay, few so, sentences on so, the F40. So, so the yeah. F40 was, um, and it is widely known as Enzo's last creation. It was the last car commissioned by Enzo Ferrari before his death. Um, it came out in, in the late, late 80s and was an evolution of the 288 GTO, which is in itself a magnificent car. But the F40 was no holds barred. Um, a carbon fiber tub, which at the time was was absolutely revolutionary, um, and it was the only things that were made of that were F1 cars. Um, it, it was a 2.9 liter twin turbo um, V8, um, manual, no traction control, stripped of all creature comforts. So inside you'll find two um, OMP racing seats that are in red. Um, there are no um, door pockets there it's just exposed carbon fiber with a with a, basically a cable that's used to open the door which is impossibly light the car has got weighs about 1100 kilos um so it's very light and it has um 472 horsepower if i'm not wrong okay. but surely um, the f40 is all about that wing it's and you know styling wise it it just it's just evocative in so many ways and, and pop-up headlights yeah it has pop-up headlights the details on the car, um, if you ever get the chance, you've got to get right up close to an F40. It's its just magical. Does um, it have gullwing doors? No, it doesn't, <laughs> um, which you possibly could retrofit, but I wouldn't. Okay, I think I have one. Okay. Mark's ready. I'm ready, right. guys. Your one final car. fantasy. So I'm sticking with the same brand, Ferrari. Oh, mm. And you know what? I'm not a, so I am not a Ferrari guy. But this car... Yet. Yeah. Okay. You are. Yeah, because you used to own Alfa Romeo's with Ferrari badges Fine, on. Fine. Fantastic. Like, yeah. But this car, a Ferrari 250 California Spider. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. So what this is, it's a convertible. It's a very, quite a sleek, long car. Um, what year, Mark? Early 60s. Early 60s, late 50s, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. early 60s. So it's, it's got the Colombo V12. Yep. So it's got a 3-liter V12 yep. with downdraft weavers. Yep. I love carburetors. I think four or five-speed gearbox, I'm not sure. So 250 is the displacement of one cylinder. So Which 12 makes of them liter. makes it three liters. So it's just the, I mean, Google it. 250 well, California no, no, Spider. I've got something much better to do. Don't Google it. Go and watch Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah, it's that it's car. It's the car from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And so it's a very expensive and way to get a sunglasses town. <laughs> it is. And it's actually one of the most expensive cars I think ever sold on auction. Uh, Chris Evans, who's famous for BBC Radio in the UK, famously bought one for one of the highest prices ever paid on auction in the world for a car. I can't remember the number, but it was silly. And they did a fantastic episode of Top Gear where James May drove it. And in black, with the bumpers removed, it is perfection. So I'm going on looks and the sound of the Colombo V12 with the roof down. That's all I need. And and to be honest, um, people will genuinely love you in that car. Um, because it is just magnificent. In an F40, people will hate me. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll be going so fast, I won't care. So I'm actually happy with my choice. I'm, uh, uh, yeah. no, I'm happy with the choice as going well. With the, okay, yeah. I'll be happy if Nadav's choice isn't a Ferrari. Okay, well, 
Here um, we go. You guys need to hear me out. So, so let me finish, okay? Before we start um, fighting. Before you start fighting with me, all right? Because before we love fighting. Before we become argumentative. Thomas. Yeah. I'm about to disappoint you, pal. What? Yeah. Because oh, no. it's a Ferrari. Oh, come on. Come oh, on. Oh, yes. <laughs> this so, is awesome. So, this is unbelievable. I wake up in the morning. We had our, our jam donuts yesterday, our spinning tops. We lit the eight candles on the Hanukkah. And now I'm walking down the stairs and I see my Hanukkah bush. Next to the bulldogs. Next to the bulldogs. <laughs> and underneath the Hanukkah bush is, <clears throat> wait for it, but you have to wait. You have to let me finish. We will let you finish. Okay. Oh, in my head, A Ferrari 250 GTO. Which I will immediately sell and buy everything else in the world, in the world for forty-eight or fifty-two million dollars. That is such I can a cheat. Buy anything. I just cheated and I won. Take that. The okay. only thing is, is now I'll tell you why you you didn't win because I won. The two fifty GTO is widely regarded as the holy grail of cars, and and that in itself is probably what we all should be choosing. No, it's no, not. It's, I would it, never it, choose it, it worth is, the money. Is, I, I thought would about sell it, it and it, I would it buy is, everything. It is else. magnificent. It is. is So let me just say that my choice had a lot to do with that because I'm effectively taking that motor and making it a convertible. True. It's it's a lovely proposition. Hanukkah Bush does not allow for resale of the presents. Yeah. I'm sorry. There were no rules laid out. Those are my (laughs) rules. That's what I want to find under my Hanukkah Bush and I'm selling it and I'm buying every Porsche ever. Every Porsche Uh, ever. So that's your final choice. Except for the Transaxle ones. I don't know. Why not? <laughs> when he says for for the transaxle, segment. he means no nine to eights, nine to fours, nine four fours, only nine elevens for Nadav. Oh, and his beloved Kayans. I love the Kayans. Well, I don't know. And this is why. Somewhere. And this is why you haven't got Hanukkah presents up to now. No. <laughs> That's fantastic. But he, look, he still beats you, Tom. Listen, Sorry. Listen, listen. I'm going to be having. I'm going to be having the most fun rolling through the crew. In a DeLorean, listening to Duran Duran tapes and Huey Lewis in the news tapes, pretending I'm Michael J. Fox. Your aircon will definitely break. It will break, and we're going to have to come awesome. and tow you. Thomas, I'm going to be buying cars for the rest of my life with my Hanukkah Bush present. I'm happy with the DeLorean. It is awesome. It's from the 80s, and that segues us nicely into the little tag-on section to this, is Christmas stocking filler. Mm. Because what I would put in, well, what I'd like to find in my Christmas stocking is also from the 80s. And it would be something fun to play with on Christmas Day or Boxing Day, something to chase my mother's cats around the yard with. And that would be a Tamir Hornet. Oh, Hornet. Tamir Hornet. Tamir, if you don't know, it was. It was black and orange. Tamir, Japanese company famed for making model cars and radio control cars. And the Hornet is probably one of the most iconic ones. Maybe a little bit predictable. But I've never had a Hornet before, and I would dig to have one in my collection. I have a, a Midnight Pumpkin, which I built. Very one, cool. One of the few things I've ever built with my own hands. And I also have a Stadium Blitzer, which I built and painted with my own hands. So I would like to have a Hornet because it's the archetypal, it's the most successful Tamiya radio control car. And it's most iconic. And Wasn't it's, the Grasshopper uh, also no, the Hornet? No, the Grasshopper was entry level. So, I, I mean, this is probably my era. Sorry, guys. I have, I have a Frog. Oh, frog! And I still have mm. I still have it, frog. and it still works. <laughs> so the the um, the frog actually had fully independent spe- suspension on on all uh, no, four wheels. No, yes, I don't think oh, so. Yes. Oh, cool. oh yes, Did semi semi trailing rear arms. Yeah. So all independent with with semi trailing rear arms on the, uh, and um, never solid axle like the Hornet. It was interesting mm. inbound um, springs on the on the front. The um, 
one the, spring. The Hornet, the Hornet had independent fronts, yeah. but a solid rear axle. A bit like an American muscle car. Yeah. That's why you like it so much. It was a bit lighter than the Frog, but as I say, I still have my Frog and it still works. I want to see your Frog the next time I come. It's actually it should up be up in the, the man cave. So these it are is. good gifts for kids now because I think kids have lost that. Um, that hands-on yeah, feeling. Yeah, it's all about computer <laughs> games and Nintendo. And, 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 and drones are a serious problem because drones have gyros in them, so they're inherently stable now. Yeah. Like, you want something that you really can Well, if they made crash. a drone kit that you could build yourself, that would be cool. They actually did. Do they? Yeah, I saw one in the broadsheet that's sort of like a Lego kit, and you can just oh, that's assemble nice. it. Yeah. So is, is one of the things that mm. is great about Tamiya, if I understand correctly, yeah. uh, I've always wanted a... A real Tamiya radio control model. I've never, I never actually made that dream come true. You've been deprived. But, uh, I've should, been deprived. You, you must but get totally get is, Isn't 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 it true that there's a whole um, modifying? Oh yeah, uh, hop up, uh, so hop, hop, hop up, up. Thank you. Hop That's up exactly options. what it's so so called. Hop up options. You can you can yeah. do up your Tamiya. So I I made I made a, a poor life choice. One of the another many that one, I do. another one. My my whole life is littered with poor choices. Go and on. when I built my midnight pumpkin. I made it too fast, so I put in ball bearings because that's a nice way to just get it a little bit a little bit quicker. And then I was like, you know what? Now I'm going to do like oil filled shocks, and then I'm going to put in a high performance engine and all this kind of. Stuff. And I basically made it too fast. It's undrivable. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's it's, it's it's not what a midnight pumpkin should sort be. of power. echoes your feelings about cars yeah, on the road. Exactly. Too much power. The I mean, same, how are you going to use it? The, the same with my stadium blitzer. When Give I it went to me, to, I'll use it. When I went to Tokyo with Honda, I actually went to the Tamiya store in Tokyo, and I went and I bought all these crazy hop up parts for my stadium blitzer because you can because they have all of the stuff you want and I just I went to town with this thing and again I took it out I, I went to that bicycle shop in Greenside which had a little BMX track in its back that was my, it's my grandmother's old house yeah Mark's box yeah Mark's yeah. box so I, I used well I took it there the first time and I, I basically destroyed it I broke a suspension component because it was too fast it ramped too high it came down it broke and you know I, I kind of I went too I went too crazy with the hop-ups. So, so okay. my suggestion is don't go... Keep it standard. Keep it standard. I built my first one last yeah. year, actually. Yeah. And I loved it. it yeah. So, seriously, the dove, it's time. You, when you go down to Platt or wherever it is you're going, go and get yourself a kit. Go buy, go buy one of the simple 1980s ones, like a Hornet or... Um, I don't no, know he needs else. a road car. No. He needs a, he needs a 911. No, don't get road cars because they're too limited. You can't go and drive because, you know, you need flat tarmac. Or get something that you can ramp and you don't mind getting scuffed up. And okay. Well, I'll, that's advice I, I'd like to take. But I, I will say that um, it's, I'm, I'm no stranger to building kit hands cars on. with my hands. Yeah. And well, I you was, have more. Uh, so. yeah, yeah, well, that's right. Well, but that's not what we were trying to get at. What I was trying to mm. allude to yeah. is that another option uh, down this filler. road is stocking filler, yeah. which is Is this Christmas, your choice? Uh, yeah. Is the Lego Technics uh, kits. Ooh, yeah. So they've made some incredible kits in the last couple of years. The Porsche GT3 RS the Ooh, Bugatti Veyron, there's a new uh, one coming out. There's a new RSR coming out. So they are not cheap by any means, but I, I believe they're cheaper than getting a Tamiya kit. No, how much? No, because no. you actually, you no, actually, a Tamiya kit will definitely get cheaper than that. You bought one. How much well, was that Technics? So the Technics are between the Bugatti four ones, and six thousand no. rand. Um, you can get a Tamiya kit with the remote, the car, the batteries, like, everything for like. Three and a half grand. Yeah, three and a half, four. Okay. Yeah. So we've With talked the about Lego, Tamiya. I can recommend the Lego. Yeah, so, so, so about Lego. 
What about Scalextric? Is that in your stock? Oh, Scalextrics. Scalextrics. Yeah. Scalextrics. Yeah. You need you need like you need real estate in inside the house, and you've got. You've got the perfect. Oh, place. your cave should yeah. have yeah. a yeah. electric cave, yeah. Mark. Yeah, we should have a raised scale electric set that yeah, comes that down. Fit. Yeah, that's exactly what we think. And then you can control it from upstairs. No, Ooh. you can't. You can. No, you can't, oh, you can't. because you're always going to go off the track, and then every time you got to go down. You have like, a runner for that. You have a ball boy for that. It's like when you put a table tennis <laughs> on like a balcony. Like you spend your time going downstairs to go and get the ball. <laughs> well, I need extra money, so I'll happily be the ball boy on these big nights out, and I'll I'll just stand down there. And um, unfortunately, we are we're hiring um, very pretty girls in promo girls. Only. I can I can even come and drag. I mean, you must have some friends who might find that come in drag. Okay, this is yeah, this is going taking the wrong a way. turn. Yeah. Um, uh, your stocking. What for are them? you gonna fill your stocking? With? No, I, I I like the Tamiya idea. Do you? I'm a big fan of them. Yeah. So I know some people might want to talk, uh, Mark, about uh, some racing games, PlayStation. Oh, oh, yeah, racing absolutely. Games. Um, I love driving simulators. Um, um, I'm busy putting together a um, project cars thing. I've got a I've got a seat which someone has given me, but I'm missing the the attachment and I've got a Logitech G29 steering wheel which is force feedback and it it seriously is amazing. I, I do recommend you guys try Project so, Cars. So it is massively realistic. You, you in other words you're creating a, a, driving, a driving simulator, simulator. with a seat and a steering yes. wheel mm -hmm. pedals. What uh, is it on uh, PlayStation well, 4? Well, you get it on PS4. Uh, but it, you can use it on PC as well. But I I grew up playing uh, Grand Prix 3, GP2, GP3, and GP4. Yeah, GP2, um, I've, yeah. I've done, I reckon, of, of certain of the tracks, probably like 1,000 laps. Sat there, done real-time races. And, and you know, it, it's, it, for me, it's properly realistic enough that you get driving thrills out of it. I, I well, you've got to get that sorted out because I want to use that. Yeah, I give that a try. You should also try and find one of those like old arcade games. Remember that thing called Outrun? Yeah. Where you used to Absolutely. sit inside it and there was like that. Which is the one the that the Toyota Celica? No. Was that Outrun? Outrun had the 928. Outrun, Outrun, Outrun no, no, no. had the 928. Outrun it? was a Testarossa and there was a guy with a chick oh, yeah. with blonde hair in the passenger seat oh, yeah. in Miami. Oh, and yeah. 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 A Testarossa convertible. Yeah. Her blonde hair used to flap around. Flap around the wind. You've got to get that. And then there was the Ferrari uh, three five five challenge. There's, that one is pretty good. And there's good. a guy yeah. in Cape Town, Alan Allschwang, who's got a great collection. Actually, a phenomenal collection. He's got some. Some. He's just got a GT 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 three RS, GT two RS. Um, he's got a, a Speciale. What on um, Project Cars? Pardon? On Project Cars? No, he's in a real life. Yeah, a guy lives in Cape Town, and he, oh, and, he okay. and for his cave, he has bought a Ferrari three five five challenge oh, wow. arcade game. Yeah, How a epic is that? Player, it's a two-player. Cool. Yes, he's got two seats. Brilliant. Phenomenal. Oh, is that the same as Vaporwave, Thomas? Kind of, yeah. Okay. That's getting in there. Oh, it's getting we're in there. We're learning. <laughs> Nothing like we Vaporwave. Like Thomas that. is our 80s expert. I am. I am. Good pinball machines are nice stocking fillers. Yeah, we've got one here at the office. Do you? Used. Yeah, we need to use I'll that. show it to you after. Guys, we're out of time. Uh, we could talk about car gifts and stocking fillers and Hanukkah Bush and, yeah, for, you know, for, for, for hours. Unfortunately, we can't. Um, so for me, Thomas Faulkner, thanks, guys, for joining me again. And uh, we'll be thanks back next us. week for another episode of Cargumentative. Guys, cheers. Cheers. Thanks. cheers.